Hey everybody, it's Matt. I want to tell you about a special event coming up on June 12th, 2024. It's Future Proof Your Workflows with TechSmith and AI. During the event, you're going to get exclusive previews of new features and get a chance to learn from industry pros and TechSmith experts. For all the details, make sure you visit us at bit.ly slash tsc-june24. Remember, that's all lowercase, and we are so excited to have you join us and look forward to seeing you. I'd say stick with the basic principles about presentations that we talk about in the book. It's about your thinking. Get your pad and paper out and think through what your message is and go through the steps that we talk about. Remember, it's a multi-channel communication experience. Visuals matter. They're helping us communicate an important message. And then don't, re don't forget that your, your performance matters as well. So, you know, be ready to give a great presentation and engage your audience when you're connecting. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are, wherever you're watching from. I'm Matt Pierce, host of the Visual Lounge, where we talk about using images and videos in the workplace. And today we have a very special guest. We're going to be talking with Tommy Ray about his book, The Power of Presentation. And let me tell you, I, I dove into it. You can see I got sticky notes and underlines and it is fantastic. Really great information if you're looking about thinking about creating presentations. We're going to take that and talk about presentations, how to make better presentations. We'll also apply it to, you know, making videos too, I think. I think. There's a lot of correlation here we're going to talk about. So let's go ahead and dive in and, and introduce Tommy. Tommy is passionate about helping organizations thrive by working with them to identify and develop the talents of individual contributors, learners, and teams. He works with executives and line of business leaders to identify barriers to high performance and design appropriate talent solutions that lead to individual and organizational success. He brings a diverse background and a base of experience to the solution development process and he's got 30 years of experience working with a ton. And I, I literally am looking at the bio. It is a ton of name brand organizations and others that I think is just a super impressive. In addition to his consulting experience, he has held senior leadership roles in operating companies as the chief people officer for Loan Source, a business supply company and senior sales executive for TRG, a technical training company. He's got a master's degree in corporate communication. And he's done a ton of stuff. Of course, he's got a book, The Power Presentation. And with that said, please help me welcome Tommy Ray to the Visual Lounge. Hey, Tommy. Hey, Matt. How are you? I am great. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's my pleasure. Great to be here. Well, Tommy, you reached out to me and I'm excited to be able to talk about your book and about all the things that you're doing because uh, there's always, you know, I do a lot of presentations and as someone who's done a lot of presentations, I think I know what I'm doing. I probably <laughs> don't. But I, I think one of my key takeaways is as I read the book, I thought, oh, I can do this better. And that was that's a pretty good insight for for someone who's, you know, I've got probably 10, 15 years of, of speaking experience. So thank you for for sharing the book with me. You bet. All right. Tommy. I think I can do it better, too. That's one of the reasons I wrote it. Yeah, absolutely. What a, what a great way to get better, yeah. right? To think about yeah. it. Well, Tommy, let's jump into a couple of questions here to, as we, we sure. always start. So first of all, how did you get involved with, I mean, let's talk about using presentations because that's a, the focus of our topic today. Like what, what was this journey from start to, to getting to the book? Yeah. Yeah. Great, great. Um, well, I started my career, Matt, as an actor. I was a Broadway actor um, many years ago. I was in a chorus line on Broadway and all I ever wanted to be was an actor. And 
when the show closed, when I was ready to make a transition, I really wasn't sure what I was going to do. What transferable skills did I have? So I went back to school. I got my master's and I wound up getting a job for a company where I would go to high schools and give presentations each day. I was basically a recruiter and I was trying to pitch high school students on coming to a technical school to learn automotive technology, electronics, trades. So it was really challenging, six presentations a day. Yeah. So that's how, like, that's how I made the, the transition into the corporate world, the business world, where presenting was such an important part of you know, what I had to do. So communication, persuasion, being in front of an audience, using visuals to support your message, all of that kind of helped me, uh, helped me make that transition. And then I spent a lot of time in training companies selling. So we're always pitching, we're presenting, we're using persuasion, we're using uh, lots of live presentations, sales calls, things like that. That's kind of how I, I got to where, uh, where I want to do more with presentations. Well, what a, what a fantastic journey that must have been and probably uh, lots of ups and downs in that. But, you know, oh, yeah. I, I, I think from from my perspective, you know, I was not I was never on Broadway, uh, didn't do anything right. close to it. But I did take some acting classes and did some theater yeah. in high school and I did a little bit in in college. And I can I can mm -hmm. see that how that path kind of fits. Right. The idea of you like yeah. being in front of people, you're not afraid to to own a stage or be on a stage. So I, I can appreciate that journey. That's uh, pretty awesome, though. We'll have to maybe yeah. some if we have time, maybe we'll talk a little bit more about uh, about that. That'd be but, great. Uh, the next question I want to get to, though, is when we think about presentations, I mean, obviously, there's lots of types of presentations. We'll talk a little bit more yeah. about that and what you talk about in your book. But generally speaking, how how do you find define success? How do you know if a presentation has been successful? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. You know, every every presentation, every communication situation has an objective, right? You have to say, why am I communicating? What am I trying to accomplish here? So it depends. If you're trying to get in a simple format, if you're trying to get a yes on a contract, you know, if you've made a pitch and at the end of that pitch, they say, yes, you've got it. If you're making a, a presentation and you want to get some support, you ultimately get that support, you're successful. But sometimes presentations are about informing people. So in training, sometimes we make training presentations and we have evaluations or assessments at the end of those presentations. Inspirational presentations are a little bit harder to gauge your success, right? You want to see change, but you don't always see it immediately. You might see it, you know, a week later, a month later, even a year later. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. You got it. Did, did you achieve the thing you wanted to? Good presentation. Yeah. So as we think about, and we'll, we can couch this in terms of presentations, what's mm. a tip you would give? You know, we're a visual lounge here, so we talk about images mm. and videos. So what's a tip that you could give that would help uh, everyone out there improve visually their presentations? I know there's a, a whole section dedicated in the book. We'll yeah. talk about it a little bit more, but kind of a high level tip. What, what would you say to someone who's like, I want my presentations to visually be stronger? What would you tell yeah. us? So I'd say that I say the first thing is make sure you use a lot of white space and you don't use too many words on your slides. That's that's kind of basic core stuff. But think conceptual. Think about ideas that you can visualize 
that are going to help to communicate the message, maybe at even a subconscious level, maybe at a level that's more maybe emotional, that's going to help move your audience to where you want them to go. And that will help. Uh, also, you know, clarity, make sure you understand exactly what you want your audience to know, feel, and do, and then be clear in your choice of imagery that you use to get there. And I think one more thing that in the book, yeah. I talk about the idea of, of visual language, that it's a combination of words and images. So I use that, that example of the one-way sign, right? If you, you read the words one way and okay, you get it. You can only go one way, but you don't know which way. If you use the arrow, you see the direction, but you don't know that it's a one way. You don't have all the information. But when you put the words and the image together, then you have complete visual communication that has a lot of meaning, impact, and people get it like that. Yeah. And so I, I love that kind of combination of the words support the image, the image support mm -hmm. the words. Um, and I imagine there's a lot of thought that needs to go into these because, you know, we don't all have the benefit of like communicating on a road sign, a little bit straight, one thing, right? Very straightforward. Right. Exactly. Presentations are probably are, are definitely a little bit more complicated. And I know right. I struggle sometimes to find that right practical image that's gonna yeah. do that. So uh, yeah. maybe we can talk about that here in a in a few mm -hmm. minutes. So what I wanna I, I do wanna jump back a little bit. So we've got the book. For those who are looking mm -hmm. for the book, The Power of Presentation, uh Vital Guide to Delivering Compelling Business Presentations. I, I'm curious, you mentioned earlier as we as we started the show. That you wanted to get better at presentation. That's one of the reasons you wrote the book. But what sure. what really was the catalyst for you? Because I imagine, you know, you're probably doing a lot of presentations. You probably will give you credit. You probably know a ton about yeah. having been in, you know, yeah. having a master's degree, having done presentations right, sure. your entire life. I mean, even being on stage probably all lends itself. Yeah. So on average, you probably know more than most people. So what was your thought about, hey, why do we need a book now about about this? Yeah, I, th I think part, partly because I work with a lot of leaders or emerging leaders, folks that are becoming people leaders for the first time. They're stepping up in their organizations and they have to communicate a lot more. And I saw them struggling with things that could be, you know, could hinder their career perhaps, or at a minimum, not, not let them achieve their goal, their objective for whatever it is, a project that they're working on a training that they're developing, whatever it might be. And I said, you know, we can find a way to make a simple, uh, just put together a simple process, a book that could explain a simple way to go from, from A to Z. You know, it's not rocket science, but it's kind of formulaic that would help people make presentations faster, appreciate them more, appreciate the value of live presentations in their organizations. And of course, with COVID, you know, we're still doing live, but sometimes it's live virtual. Mm -hmm. So we've had to make some adjustments there. But I think the goal is really to help people to be more successful in their job by being able to, to communicate clear messages and get the results that they're looking for. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you said something that I, I wanted to hit on is in the book you mentioned, you kind of are defining presentations and you, you, you put mm -hmm. this kind of delineator on, on the idea of being live. And I yeah. was curious about that because, I, and, and I don't, I'm not arguing with you or disagree with anybody means, but I'm curious sure. why, why was that a, a, 
a delineator for you that a present when you're yeah. defining presentation that live was yeah. a, an essential piece of that. Right. Well, part of it probably comes from my experience in the theater and experiencing, you know, what yeah. happens in a live event like that, a live communication event. But really, part of it is is just about the ability to clarify meaning and understanding. Like you can ask me questions about the book that you're not going to get the answer to without talking to me, you know, right. that maybe deeper. And then the other thing is decision. I think this is really important. So many of the presentations I see in the corporate world have to do with some decision somewhere. People need information. They need to be persuaded. They need to be inspired to make a decision. And the live, the, the ability to have live dialogue around those decisions, probably the most important thing. Yeah. So I, I like that distinction that you're, you're taking it out of like a one way transmission. Uh, it, it's, right. you know, because presentations, whether it's virtual or whether you're in a, a boardroom or a, a meeting room, whatever, mm -hmm. all of a sudden become take on this different dynamic. Right. Because you're saying in that sense that that presentation is not just a sage on the stage, it, as the saying right. goes, but that there's right. information that's going to have to be acted upon, maybe whether just digested and or, you know, used to as you said, to make a decision or to, yeah. to move something forward in the process of the organization. Right. So that's interesting. Right. I do. Yeah. Like and that. the live element, the live element gets you, enables you to really dig down and answer the questions that need to be answered, you know, provide further clarity. It's so in this process of, of presentations, you've talked about a couple of different reasons you've talked about inform, persuade, inspire. I, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm curious as you, as you look at those, well, first of all, let's maybe define real briefly, right? For anyone right. who's listening, when you say you're informing, generally, what is it that someone's doing? I think we probably yeah, know these, that, but let's, let's go through. Yeah, you know, it's like a status report, right? I have to give my quarterly business review. I have to give an update on something. You know, you're providing information. You know, part of training is providing information. There's a lot more to it, but, you know, there's some elements of, of that in informational presentations. You're sharing information that people in the organization need to know because either you're the expert or you're leading a project or something like that. So, okay. So that's inform. Tell us about persuade mm -hmm. and inspiring because I think, you know, I, I, it's interesting before reading this, I, I and I, and I speak at like ATD, I yeah. speak at different conferences. Yeah. I, I think everything I think about goes mostly into the inform bucket. Like right. maybe in, incorrectly even. So I'm curious, enlighten us on persuade and inspire as well. Yeah. So persuasion really is, is about selling in the best sense of the word, right? Sharing your ideas and giving people the opportunity to see things in a different way and perhaps see them in the way that you'd like them to see, right? Maybe uh, have a new way of thinking about the way a product's going to work or something like that, that would make them do something like support, support you or buy it or change their behavior in some way. That's kind of the persuasion, persuasive aspects of presentations. So we see them all the time in the corporate world, right? And mm -hmm. the simplest form of that, of course, is, is selling or pitching, but, you know, getting support from colleagues on an idea. You know, maybe when you came up with the idea of the visual lounge, you had to get support of your, you know, your colleagues at TechSmith. And so you had to work on presenting your 
story, your case in a way that would have them saying, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let me ask you this, because I, I think uh, when you, I look across this three and I, I'm guessing those are pretty big buckets. When yeah. we, we start getting a little bit more nuance in what we're trying to do, perhaps, I, I, I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but let's say yeah. now we want to train someone to do like where we both work in the learning industry. Yeah. So you want to, yeah. you want to instruct someone in how to do something. Is that, is that right. kind of its own bucket or do you consider that like a mixture of like, you're going to inform someone, you need to yeah. persuade them. And at the same time, probably need to yeah. inspire them a little bit to act. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you definitely do. I don't think they're, they stand alone for it by any means. You know, it's really like dials. You know, you just have to know how much of each to dial in. And, and that's probably a good place to start. And then the next thing I think you want to do is just ask those questions in what we call the no field do makers. What do you want? the audience to know. So start thinking about the important things that they need to know, regardless of what kind of presentation. What do you want them to feel? How do you want them to change affectively, right? As a result of your presentation, there may be more or less of that, depending on the kind of presentation. And then what do you want them to do? And be really clear about that. Be crystal clear about what you want your audience to do at the end. And I think sometimes presenters don't always, you know, delineate that for themselves in the preparation process enough to guide the content development. Well, and again, I'm just, uh, you know, this is my therapy session, I suppose, uh, thinking about my presentations. <laughs> I think I get to f the first and the last, know and do, right? I have an action, I have a takeaway. I'm pretty good about yeah. that. I work in a marketing yeah. department, so that's been drilled in, right? You know, call to action. Sure. But that feeling is really an interesting one because it's, it's, uh, it feels like to me, it's feel, uh, it feels like the thing that like, maybe it's a little bit harder to do is think about like, oh, yeah. what do I want them to come away with? That's not the knowledge. It's not right. the action. So that's, right, I, that's right. an interesting takeaway. Yeah. So there's, there's things like, like empathy, right? You want them to have more empathy for a particular thing that might go in the feeling category. You might want them to feel more confident about your project, feel more confident about you know, your ability to get a task done, whatever it might be. That's a, that's a big one that, that matters. And it's not just what you put on the screen that's going to help them get there, right? When you're presenting, it's your ability to be, you know, confident and comfortable in your presentation because people are reading all of that when you walk into the room or when you turn the camera. On. And so that's important as well. So in this, uh, you know, you were talking about a lot of the things that as a presenter, maybe I want, I want them to feel this way. I want them to know this. Um, and, and obviously yeah. that takes into account a little bit of what they, they need, sure. but, but I'm curious in your book, you talk a lot about getting to know, the, there's a section on getting to know the audience. Yeah. And, and, and this is not like a new topic for the visual lounge. We've talked about like the importance of getting sure. to know audience. What advice would you yeah. give to someone? Is there is they're thinking about their next presentation. And I know I've got several coming up in February. Help, mm -hmm. help me think through this. Like no field do is really good because that's what right. I want. But what do I, how do I get better at, at understanding who my audience is and how I can work with, with who they are, I guess? Yeah. Sure. So first be intentional. Really, really take the time to do it. That's one of the things that we, we sometimes think, oh, yeah, I, I know my audience. And we don't really drill down and think critically enough about the audience, right? But think about their role. 
right? What's their role in the organization? What kind of pressures are they feeling? Are they financial? Are they psychological? You know, what's, what's going on there? What are they trying to accomplish? What would help them do their job better? So there's a number of different things that you could ask about that audience at, at that level that would be really important. The other thing is, you know, also how do they like to receive information? I know, you know, many of our, our colleagues in the world of, of training and development and learning think about uh, different communication styles, you know, whether we use a tool like DISC or Myers-Briggs or whatever, how do people like to receive information? If you're going to be presenting to a senior leadership team that has a little bit, uh, not much time, you really better be thinking about how you can be really concise in your presentation. If you're presenting to uh, folks that are that, that um, more, uh, you know, like if you think about the, the, the DISC model, um, conscientiousness, right? They want a lot of detail. They want a lot of data, maybe scientists, medical professionals. You know, you got to think about that in terms of what they're looking for from a presentation. Well, it feels like this, this part of the conversation really ties really well into this idea that you put in about resonance. And, and I think yeah. we could use the word resonance or we can use the word relevance. I think this is something right. I feel like gets, um, I know we've talked about on the visual lounge here and, and, and video creation that like, you know, people mm -hmm. often worry about things and presentations are not the same as, as videos and, but videos yeah. people worry about length. Like, Oh gosh, is it, yeah. is it too long? You know, we have this, uh -huh. it's always like the, the, the first question I get, how long should my video be? And I'm like, I don't know. But like, it feels like this whole idea of if my, I'm talking, let's say, take that senior leadership example, right? They've, they've got sure. a short amount of time. They're busy. They've got right. 20 other things that they're worrying about. And if it's not relevant to them, they're probably not going to spend time on you and your thing. They're probably thinking about the right. other thing, other things they have to worry about. So, right. so when you're, let's say you're gauging up, getting ready to go in to talk to others, the senior leader, or maybe you're going to present mm -hmm. at a, a conference or whatever, what are you doing? What kind of steps do you take to make sure that your message is going to be going to, going to resonate and be relevant to that audience? It sounds like there's obviously yeah. understanding them, who they are, what they right. want. But is there anything else that sure. you think about doing? So, I mean, obviously, it depends on the audience and how much you know about them or whatever. At, at the high level, right, you might read an annual report if you're going in to talk to a senior leadership team of a company that you don't work at. Yeah. If you're working, if you're presenting to your own senior executives, right, understanding what their agenda is by talking to their colleagues, maybe asking them some questions, sending them a short uh quick note to say, you know, some top three bullet points that you'd like me to cover. Even that could be helpful. You know, you just want to get to what's the essence and the most important thing and use your network as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, one of the, I, I actually have a quote from the book and we're not going to read uh -huh. the whole, we're not going to read the section, but I, I love okay. you said, if you confuse them, you lose them. Yeah, I, I love that. And I think this is relevant to what we've been talking about, but it's that the importance of structure. And I'm, right. I'm curious, uh, one of the things that like I would love to talk to you about is like we've got these kind of ideas, you know, the, the different we'll call them presentation formats, you know, inspire, right. uh, inform, mm -hmm. persuade. When you're thinking about the structure of your presentations, you know, obviously we're taking into account the audience. We'll use our senior leadership example. You just talked about, you know, making yeah. sure we know what's their agenda. What are they trying to mm -hmm. accomplish? We, how much time do they have? How much kind of bandwidth might be available for this? 
but are you thinking about changing structures often or are you like, is there, should there, is there kind of a te- singular template you follow? What, what are you doing to kind of make sure structure works and, and what should we know about structure to make better presentations? Yeah. Yeah. So the first thing is, you know, the, the very simple beginning, middle. I mean, everybody should know that we've been weaned on that in all the great stories that we've read as children growing up in school and so on. So we, we've got that. Um, in the corporate world, it's more often it's about problem solution, right? As a structure here, I'm going to introduce the challenge or the problem. And then I'm going to share with you some ways that we can solve that problem. I like the, I like the one that, that's really easy to remember. What, so what, now what? So you're starting to build your presentation. It makes sure everybody has a common understanding of what you're going to be talking. Here's the what. Why does this matter? Here are the reasons why this matters. Now, what are we going to do about this going forward? Business audiences are pragmatic, right? They're it's very different than presenting in maybe an academic world or, you know, in other, in other types of environments. So we've got to be really practical about the, where we're trying to get to. And those simple structures help a lot. So let me just, I want to repeat it because it, it was catchy. Sure. What? So what? Now what? Is that right? Now what? Right. Yeah. It's easy to remember. And there's a, there's a story that I share in the book, Matt. Um, I was watching some presentations and uh, a senior executive had asked their direct reports to provide a 30 minute overview of what was going on in, in their area. They got called out and the last person only got five minutes. And to that person's credit, they were able to distill down their 30 minute presentation into the what, so what, now what? And it worked well. Yeah. So I'm just going to, I just want to, for anyone who's, who's listened to this, here's the thing I'm, I'm, I'm hearing, Tommy, these are all, I mean, these are awesome. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I've got, I just, I'm taking some notes. I just write down the <laughs> quotes. Uh, the, the thing I want to say though, is I think at this point, like anything we've talked about so far, I feel like you could transfer to video. Like if you're making a video, even though yes. it, it misses that live component, like that interaction, yeah. uh, I feel like all this is such, just such good advice about making a good Video, because you know, oftentimes in our world, uh, we're making mm-hmm. videos to inform, persuade, inspire. We're, we're we need a beginning, middle, end. We need. So right. I just I just want to put that out there for anyone who's listening. Is like, yeah. well, Matt, you're not talking about video. I'm like, no, 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 no. This is. Yeah, I, I think it transfers really well, which I think is 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 really cool. So let's uh, let's shift talk talking about kind of sure. the structure of presentation. Let's talk about visuals because, yeah, I I a uh, long time ago I made a decision that my visual style was going to be. Very little text. In fact, if you were to look at my presentations that I do and kind of a standalone without me, you'd probably right. say I'm not getting a ton out of this because it's like little minimal text, an image, usually full, kind of full right. screen. And it's worked as a, as a presenter. I, th- I feel like it's worked really well for me. Right. Um, so, but I'm curious, and we talked about kind of visuals at the beginning of the show, one mm-hmm. of the early questions, but um there's obviously been this push to reduce the amount of text. I think it's a, become a trope, right? Like you see, you see a, a oh, great presentation. I just, right. it's all the wall of text. Um, right. But, but that doesn't mean we eliminate all text. So what, what no. role, like, and, and we know it should be concise, but what role should text play? You talked about the, the one-way sign example. Anything else we should know about right. using text effectively? 
Yeah. So text is a visual, right? And so whatever we're trying to communicate, we want the text to help that. We want, of course, you know, to keep, you want to keep the text um, concise to the point. And we talk a lot, a lot about action titles. So text on a slide comes generally either as a header or as some sub subheader bullet points, et cetera. You know, title is where we normally first look. So if you design a slide that has a, a header or a headline, we want that headline to carry a lot of information. So sometimes people will put text on a slide that says quarterly sales. It's, it's very topical. It tells you what the topic is, but it doesn't tell you that much information. What did the sales do? Did they go up? Did they go down? Why? If you add just a few more words in your title, you can convey so much more information. And I think that's true with text in general on slides, right? Make sure there's some, there's meaning in that text that's going to convey the message that you want to communicate. That's what's critical. And well, that, that's memorable too, right? We want it to be memorable. Uh, and that's, that's important. Yeah. So this, I, and I'm trying to find this spot in the book uh, because I, I, I remember seeing that thinking, oh, that's really an interesting concept because I think I fall into that trap of uh, probably that more the it's the topic. This is what we're going right. to talk about during this right. one to two minutes. Um, yeah. So I love that idea that taking and adding just a little bit more. So, yeah. but there's a part of me, Tommy, I'm going to be really mm. honest here. The part of me that says like, yeah. ah, more text on the slide. I got to fit it in. How do I do that? And, you know, <laughs> like practically, what does that look like in terms of when you're, let's say you're, you're consulting with me and I'm not asking yeah. for free advice sure. here necessarily, but like, what, what do you tell people? Because there is, I think the stigma to people, they're either like, oh, I'll put all the text in the world or I'll put sure. as little as possible. So how do we find that balance? Yeah. So I think this is a great place to kind of, to, to talk about some video techniques that work really well in video. And that is moving things around on the screen, bringing, bringing content in with animations that, you know, are simple, but meaningful that help you. And then the other thing that I really think is really important, Matt, um, Nancy Duarte talks about, about this and she said, slides are free. Yep. I always tell the folks that I'm working with, if you're compelling and you're making a great case, you're inspirational, you're persuasive, whatever it is, no one's counting how many slides you have, right? If you have 10 minutes to talk and you've got to convey your message in 10 minutes, it doesn't matter if you use 10 slides or 50 slides. If you're good and you're making your point, it's going to almost be more like them watching you and a movie, right? They're not counting how many cuts there are or how many. Many times the camera angle changes. They're compelled by what they're seeing on the screen. Well, I love that that ties to the to the video because, like, in yeah. a a movie, if and I've we've done this experiment. I've encouraged people to do this before. Is like you watch a TV show or movie, and just count how many times things change on the screen. Yeah. it's it's literally like a half a second to a second. It's mind blowing. It really matters. Yeah, so I love that idea that, and I love Nancy's advice. And Nancy is. Uh, if anyone doesn't know Nancy Duarte, she's got some great books out there. Stop. Great, great. Uh, she, they do workshops for their company, Duarte. Mm -hmm. uh, go, you can go find them, but highly recommend. So I love that you you bring Nancy's yeah. stuff into this. 
Okay, Tommy, we're going to we're going to get close here to our speed round questions. I want to sure as we wrap up kind of the idea of thinking about visuals, you probably see a lot of presentations, probably a lot of them are like, you know, and mm-hmm. you've got advice. What what other advice haven't you given us that what haven't we mm-hmm. talked about to help that would immediately help anyone listening to this go and and do better yeah. on their presentations? Yeah, a couple things. So if you're when it comes to visuals, right? Simple colors, color scheme, and I know many of your other guests have talked about things like this. You have a primary color, secondary color, not too many. Same with fonts, right? Not a lot of different kinds of fonts. Pick one one or two styles of iconography that you're going to use. That's really important as well. Use a grid, right? Try to find balance. And, you know, in the book, we talk about some of the gestalt things, you know, about um, proximity and things like that that help communicate a message, but just some of those simple things would be really helpful, um, you know, for people and, you know, be a little creative as well. Try to be a little creative, visually conceptual. I think that helps. Yes. And as I've learned, don't go too creative where people don't get it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, that's It's got to make sense to the audience and it can't you know, make sense to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I should say, think creative. Maybe that's better. Yeah. Think creative. Well, I do think, you know, as I've been, as we've been talking, I've been thinking, you know, like, is there a role for creativity in presentations? Because, uh, you know, we often do start, you know, beginning, middle, end. And I'm wondering, right. you know, uh, right now, uh, this is going to date the show, but it, it's worth the reference because people can go watch it. But the, there's two movies, Murder Mysteries, Knives Out and The Glass Onion. And it's uh-huh. been really interesting as I've watched those to see, like, they reveal like in the middle of the movie is the reveal. Here's what happened. Uh-huh. And I just think what an interesting style and approach that now we have this insight. And I wonder like if, as there's ways to maybe bring the audience in, in different ways yeah. in presentations, although got to test those out before think, I put them to. Yeah. Yeah. You do. But I, I think you're onto something. You want to capture the audience's attention, right? You want to, you know, make them engaged cognitively, psychologically, something that engages them up front. And so one of the reasons why I think that that problem type, uh, problem solution format works so well is problems engage people, right? It's like scenario-based learning. What's the scenario? What do we have to do to help whoever the character is get from where they are to where they need to be? Things like that really help. Yeah, awesome. So uh, let's just, I'm going to bring the book up on screen again. I'll maybe drop right. a, uh, we'll drop links into show notes and stuff, but the power presentation go, everyone should go check it out. Uh, Tommy, I'm enjoying talking to you. We're not done yet because we're going to jump in to okay. do our speed run questions. So, all right, here we go. Okay. <clears throat> all right. As a lot of people know, the speed run questions are meant to be fast, quick answers. And Tommy, uh, you are here and you're going to give us some quick answers, but we, we've got a dice cam and I'm going to roll the die here. Uh, we're going to determine your questions. So the fate is in cast in the die. So roll the green one. All right. Question three, uh, which is actually interesting. I don't think we've asked this one before. So this is a, a first time question that we've never got to. So the question is, Tommy, what's one thing you are most proud of in your career? I would say being on Broadway. Absolutely. That was a that was a highlight of my career. Now I, I've got to ask: uh, 
was that your intent to go and be on Broadway? That's what you you just wanted to do? Yeah, you, it you was. Scored? I, I wanted to be an actor ever since I was a kid. I grew up in New Jersey, very close to the city and went to the theater a lot. My parents, my grandparents took me in. Yeah, so that was uh, that was for sure uh, a goal. And it must have been a very exciting to get that that call and say, hey, you're in. <laughs> yeah, it was indeed. Awesome. Well, let's go on to our next question here. So rolling the dice. Okay. Oh, it's, an, it's, it's a three again. So we're on a three. Okay. So we got a 12. So obviously you were talking about presentations, but what's your, and it doesn't have to be about presentations, but what's your one yeah. go-to tool that you think that will help you get your job done on a regular basis? This could be software. It could be something physical. It could be yeah. uh, an application. It doesn't matter what kind of tool. What's the tool sure. that you use that you say like, this is a tool that helps me get my job done? A pen and paper. A pen and paper. It's so important. Before you start writing, doing a presentation, sketch it out. Write your notes. Make it logical. That helps me the most. I I will say there's something magical about, like, uh, I've done this several times now. I step away from my computer. I go yeah. to a space where I've got a table and lots of room and just white, you know, printer paper, Sharpie, yeah. and I just start doing the process. So I yeah. love that. I love that, uh, that analog advice. It's such, such yeah. a good one. All right. Let's do one more question here. Our dice is rolling and you are, we should have gotten, we got threes all day long today. Okay. So we're going to, we're going to get to two. And I think, I think it's probably maybe a little redundant, but we'll ask it because the dice is broken. It's, you know, you become a master at presentations. I, I know you probably feel like you still got ways to go as we all do. You've written a book, but what was it? What was the kind of the, the moment you said, hey, I've got this. I've got the knowledge to write a book about presentations where you felt confident that you could do that successfully. I think I just I think it came from coaching others and seeing the light bulb go on, you know, providing ideas. And I, I kept seeing people say, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. That's going to help me. Thank you. You know, those kinds of things like, yeah, I should I should put this down, you know, on paper uh, officially and help as many people as, as possible. Fantastic. And I'm glad that you did because I've definitely, again, taken some uh, good things away from it. Tommy Ray, look, the book is here. Uh, where, if people want to connect with you or if they want to find the book, where should they go? Well, our website, talentisvital.com is a good place to learn about what we do on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, we have a book website coming out. It's not ready yet, but it'll be out soon. And that'll be powerofpresentationbook.com. And then you can find me on LinkedIn. Love to connect. Absolutely. Well, we, we appreciate that. Tommy, uh, thank you again for, for speaking with me. Before we, we end things, though, we like to ask our guests for yeah. kind of a, their summary statement. So today, what is the final take from our conversation? I'd say... Stick with the basic principles about presentations that we talk about in the book. It's about your thinking. Get your pad and paper out and think through what your message is and go through the steps that we talk about. Remember, it's a multi-channel communication experience. The visuals matter. They're helping us communicate an important message. And then don't, don't forget that your, your performance matters as well. So, you know, be ready to give a great presentation and engage your audience when you're connecting with them. Fantastic. Tommy, thank you so much for spending time with me today. 
You bet, Mads. Great to be with you. Absolutely. Well, we want to thank Tommy Ray for his great ideas for the book. Uh, if you haven't checked out, go go find it. Um, it is really, it's an easy read. And there's a lot of really good information in there that I think can benefit everyone, whether you're making presentations, if you are even making videos, I think some of those principles will help you out to be more concise and more clear in what you're trying to accomplish. So, you know, that's the thing though. We want you to be better as part of the Visual Lounge. If you're listening to this, we want you to get better at videos. We want you to get better at using images. We want your life, your work life to be a little bit more straightforward. And we hope that you take some time to do that. Cause like we say at the end of every show, take a little time to level up every day. Thanks everybody. And we will catch you next time.